Brother Cody Marks has been used more than any other evangelist that I am aware of to help bring revival, restoration, a repair of the breach. And so that choice was very, very easy for us. Brother Mark's cornerstone is a city of refuge for you. And as this man of God comes to this pulpit, let's put our hands together one more time and give God the praise. touch of the Holy Ghost here tonight. And um, I don't want us to run by it. Outside of, of course, Jesus Christ, my biblical hero would without doubt be the prophet Samuel for several reasons but one uh, paramount to the others That is, when the scripture says about him that not one word that he spoke fell to the ground. And um, I have, since a very young age, Part of it was natural, parts of it were those men that put things in me to cause a hunger and a thirst for the things of God, but I tried to give myself to learning to hear the voice of God. Can you imagine literally being able to get to the place which you are able to hear so closely and so precisely that not one word and um, you can't just study and that's very 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 important and I have given myself to study but there's a lot of other things involved. Um, I believe personally, in my opinion, um, in even getting yourself pointed in that direction. It's also very encouraging to me, Brother Mayo, that he got to that place, but he didn't start where he ended up. Because in the beginning, he could not 
decipher between what was the voice of God and the voice of Eli. And so, whether it's here or in a couple of weeks, um, in the presence of 10 or 15 people, I want to hear what the Spirit said. I want, I want to get, I want to get, I, I want to, Samuel, yes, but I want to have such a relationship with him as John the Beloved had that there's a whole lot more going on there than there's than just a disciple with his head laid on the breast of Jesus. It's, I want to hear his heartbeat. And oftentimes in pursuit of this, that there are things that um, that you feel would be the will of God that is not necessarily the most easiest thing to do. You cannot imagine the pressure in a setting like this, understanding all of the needs that are here represented by people. And there's a lot of people in this building that I love. And but I am very confident that God can take care of the needs of the fold. if he has a word for one that has fallen away. If he had confidence, Brother Bo, in the security of the fold enough to go after one that was lost, I can't stand here and feel some things in the Spirit, some things by knowledge, all the needs that are here tonight. I can't stand here and break and succumb to the pressure of trying to do something. No, we're going to do what I feel like Jesus wants to do. And he has the power to take care of all of the needs that are in this house. God forbid... children ever go stray. But tonight I'll endeavor to preach to you the way I would want somebody to preach to my lost baby. like to turn your attention with this in mind to 2 Samuel chapter 14.
Second Samuel chapter 14. I'd like to read one verse there, verse number 14. For we must needs die and are as water spilt on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Neither doth God respect any person. Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. I believe the Lord has given me a few things today in prayer to underscore and to make anointed notation of before we leave here tonight. For the sake of a thought, tonight I would like to preach for just a few moments from this thought. By all means. By all means. By all means. Now, I'm going to speak some things specifically to people that I feel that are in this building tonight. And I think that I can say as I feel here at Cornerstone. But as we're moving through this here in the next few moments, I don't want you to miss the prophetic, the prophetic, utterance that is in this house because while I am preaching to people in this building tonight that need to hear these words there are also others that sit in this building that have children and loved ones that have been banished And I want you to draw hope and encouragement from this service that God, by all means, that God, by all means, will devise some type of plan to bring them back to the safety 
of the Father's house. The longest journey that any man will ever make will not be across the world. The longest journey the man will ever make is the journey of coming to himself. But the Holy Ghost has assured me today in prayer that he has the ability and the things at his access to shorten that journey. And he still knows how to bring people to their knees. He still knows how to get the attention of his children. So as we go forward here in a few moments, I'm going to be reaching for specific people in this building. But you draw strength from this. That as God is reaching for them, that God also has the power to reach that one tonight that your heart is heavy because of the distant country that they find themselves in tonight. I can't think of any better way to close an apostolic week than to see an apostolic move of God, to see someone restored, to see someone refilled. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. The first thing that I want to take a moment and address is this word banished. God is no respecter of person, yet he doth devise means that his banished be no more or be not expelled from him. It's translated, the word here is actually, the Hebrew word is used twice. Same word is used twice in this verse. Once, the first time it's translated banished. The second time it is translated expelled. I want to bring some clarification to the night, tonight to one that would set in this building that has grown cold that has taken a journey. The flight of the flesh, where that flight has taken you, the misery, the sleepless nights that accompany that, only you know the misery that you live in tonight. I want you to First, hear me loud and clear that banished is not a word in regards of something that God has done to you. 
banished is not something that God has done to you. Banished is not something that God has in a decisive moment. It's not a place or decision that he has made in regards to you. In fact, interestingly enough, the word banished here, the word banished here is actually is actually a word that in its derivatives, you're welcome to check this later, but it deals with someone that has been misled or drawn away. Is banished. He has at his access the power and the ability to devise means to draw back those that have been drawn away. It is not his will that those that have been drawn away stay drawn away. It is not his will tonight that those that have been duped stay duped. I need some help right now. Your Bible says that it's not his will that any should perish. Drawn away. I have watched this. I have seen this way too close. This has touched people close to me, closer than I ever wanted it to. I have seen, I have seen the trickery. I have seen the satanic subterfuges of sorts that have drawn people away. Tricked. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that was tricked. You were duped. You were made promises. Come on, you were made promises. Bright lights and stars in your eyes, drawn away in a moment of discouragement, in a moment of misunderstanding, in a chaotic, in a chaotic, confusing chapter in your life. You were vulnerable, and in that vulnerable moment, you were tricked. You were drawn away. Something pulled you away. Something something enticing, something enticing drew you away from the Father's house. But I want you to hear me loud and clear. It's not God's will for you to stay away. It's not God's will for you to stay away. Can I make... Can I make a proclamation right now? Can I just be an evangelist? Can I make a proclamation? You got what you wanted, but it's not what you thought it was. And I want to tell you, you don't have to keep it. I'm 
preaching to somebody that's come to your own understanding that the world, you heard a preacher say it, you heard a man warn you, but you found out on your own journey that the world's not all it's cracked up to be. And sin is not near as pleasurable as the devil wants you to think. I want you to hear me. You can take it back. You can change your mind. You may have been drawn away, but you don't have to stay away. Hallelujah. Let me say this, and we may not get past this because this is the nerve. This is the nerve, the nerve endings of what I touched or what touched me in the spirit today. Notice the pronoun. Notice the pronoun that is used in regards to the one that has been drawn away. The Bible says, He is banished. He is banished. Come on, the prodigal son never quit being. Come on, daddy's boy. He was never the citizen of a faraway country. I got to have somebody that believes in a message of restoration that will help me here tonight. I don't care who he worked for. I don't care how long he stayed. That prodigal was never the citizen of a foreign country. He was always the son of the father. My friend told me in my hotel room today, sitting on my bed, he said, I want you to tell my lost, confused little boy that he never stopped being mine. He, he's still mine. You're not the devils. You're not Hollywoods. You're not the devils. You're not a trophy. Come on. You're not hells. Hallelujah. I want you to hear me loud and clear because of your destiny, because of your talents, because of the anointing on your life, because of what you've been marked with. There are all kinds of spirits vying for you. Pride says he's mine. Fornication says he's mine. Hell says I possess him. But Jesus said, you go tell him he's still mine. He may be away. But he's still mine. Mama King, Mama King, they may not be in the church today. Come on. But I want to tell you, those babies are still his. They're still his. They may be deceived, but they're still his. They may be immoral, but they're still his. They may be lost, but they're still his. Yes, banished, tricked, duped, but they're still his. Messed up, but they're still his. Confused, but they're still his. Come on, addicted, but they're still his. Messed up doctrinally, they're still his. They were drawn away. They were tricked. The enemy fooled them. But 
you better hear me. They're still his. You're as much his boy as you've ever been. You're as much his child as you've ever been. I want you to put your hands on somebody if it's appropriate around their shoulder. Take them by the hand and I want you to pray like a revival church right now. Come on. I want you to pray like a revival church right now. God's still in the saving business. God's still in the delivering business. God's still in the forgiving business. God's still in the putting lives back together. God's He deviseth, he deviseth, he deviseth means. God. Drawn away, tricked, lied to, but still his. But you're not only still his, in order for God to be devising means to get your attention. Guess what, buddy? You've been on his mind. You miss it, I'm going to try again. Because the devil wants you to think that you are forgotten. The devil wants you to think that banished means that God's given up on you, that there's no hope, there's no mercy, there's no need to even get your hopes up. You can't get home from there. I'm telling you, God's got you on his mind. God's been thinking about you. somebody that's so that's been tricked so much that with all he has to do is God all of his God responsibilities God loves the drawn away so much that in his in God's in God's mind in his way of doing things He's got time with everything that he has to do. He's got time to devise means to put things together. To bring back 
that which was thrown away. I'm telling you what I know. As sure as I know the sun's going to come up in the morning, I know what Jesus told me this afternoon. If you're sitting in this place with lost loved ones, I want you to go home with the hope. Brother Marks, what does it mean? I don't know what it means. I don't know. But I'll tell you how serious I am about being saved. And I'll tell you how serious I am about people I love being saved. You know what I say? By all means. You know what that means in the English language? When we use, when we use the vernacular by all means, we mean whatever it takes. Just get it done. And I'm telling God, whatever you have to do, bring them home. Whatever you have to do, bring them home. Whatever you have to do, bring them home. There is one thing in 18 years of doing this that Brother Adams over and over and over and over that never ceases to amaze me about the omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful God is how far he will go and how much he is invested in doing what he has to do to bring back those that are drawn away. I dealt, I dealt with this situation before he ever left. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I boarded a plane right before it all hit the, hit the fan. I flew halfway across the country. I felt like in the spirit I knew what was going on. I pleaded. I begged. I did everything I knew to do. I felt like the Holy Ghost showed me exactly what it was that was causing him to act as he was acting and, and causing him to, to, to go forward with these, these decisions. And when I said, did this happen? And I addressed it specifically. He looked at me and he said, I have no recollection. I have no memory of that ever happening to me. And I knew, I knew that that was the issue. And we could keep trying to, to treat symptoms, but if we did not deal with the problem, and he looked at me, and he, I knew, I dealt with him enough, I knew he was not lying to me, and he looked at me, and he said, that has never happened. I wept, and I cried along with lots of others. His parents fasted, people from literally all over the world involved. I did and exhausted everything I knew to do to keep him from going that way. And he went anyways. By all means. He's banished. He will devise means. He will, des he will, he will devise means. Brother Bo, he's home now. And he's safe. No, no, listen. All of those problems are gone. You'll never struggle with them again. But I want you to look at what God did on an ecstasy high at a rock concert. By all means. Tom Dehod, on an ecstasy high. God will use whatever he has to use 
on an ecstasy high. He's with people. And he's, as he's on that high, and you go study the drug, it's not just hallucinations. That drug, actually, people will relive things. And on that ecstasy high, he began to see what had happened to him at four years old that he had suppressed. Go study the, psychological, the, the, the psychology behind what I'm talking about because it's real. You can actually suppress stuff to the point that you don't even remember it ever happening. And on an ecstasy high at a rock concert, he starts freaking out on friends. They have no clue what to do with him because he remembers vividly every detail of, of what I had addressed. That He said, that's never happened to me. God will devise whatever means. If he has to use ecstasy. That doesn't bother me, actually. That causes great comfort in my heart. That God's willing to use whatever he has at his access. It's amazing. It's amazing what a little chest pain will do. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I can't promise you this. I don't know how cutting the edge this is, but it's, I believe it's authentic apostolic. We're trying to be organic. I believe what I'm, what I'm doing, led by the Holy Ghost to do here tonight, is as organic as you can get. I said, God, God, are you sickness? Just go to the book of Job. Come on, go to the book of Job. You'll find out what he'll use. He'll use pain. God will use, hey, you know, what I, you know what I'm saying to him tonight? You use whatever means you have to use. I don't want to be lost. I do not want to be lost. You do what, if I've been drawn away, do whatever you have to do. And he calls his mom and he's flipping out. Now we can deal with the issue. telling you when I know something, I get, a, I get a physical feeling. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about this time next year. I'm talking about before the end of the year. You watch what I'm telling you. You're, you're going to start hearing you're going to start hearing the most bizarre things. I'm telling you, my friend told me today that he was fixing. He was in the business. His pulse, his doings right now is he's at work. He's at work answering the prayers of people that have prayed for those that you love that have been banished. And God is putting together things right now. And so when you get the phone call and they say, well, I don't know if they're going to live. When you get the phone call, come on, and all you hear is the shrill scream of a siren in the background. When you get the phone call and, and they found them and they, you know, it's, 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 is it a mass? Is it what? You, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know what he's going to use. I don't know what's coming. It didn't, it's not something that grieved me. I didn't feel one bit of hesitancy. I didn't want to fall on the floor and beg God not to do it. No. I said, Lord, like you need my permission. You don't need my permission. But I'm telling you, as somebody that loves backsliders, you do whatever you have to do. Just get them home. They've got too much potential. Come on. There's too much destiny. There's ministries and talents and anointing by all means.
know what it's going to look like for you. friend of mine called several teenagers out on the back row one night at a youth camp, cutting up, acting like idiots. Told them, see, you boys better get to this altar. And they laughed and scorned him. Kept doing their thing. They didn't respond. This man told me, he said, years down the road, he said, I was preaching at another church. And he said, there's a man kept catching my attention and back towards the back said, said he was strapped in a chair. Said they had his head strapped back. Said somebody was having to reach over and wipe his mouth off every now and then. He said, but it moved me. He said, because I sit there and I watched him the best of his ability flail, what looked like flailing. Some, he said, I watched him do what he could do to worship. And I'm in no way making fun. I just want you to get the poignancy of this point, the poignancy of what I'm trying to say. At the conclusion of that altar, there was a just an afterglow of the Spirit. One of the ushers come and got him. He said, there's a man that would like to speak to you. My friend went down the aisle and went back to this guy that was in the wheelchair. And he said, you could barely understand him. He said, preacher. Don't feel sorry for me. He said, I was that boy. He said, I went astray. I went the way of the world. I was, I was banished. Not something God did. No, banishment's not something that God does. I was, I was tricked. I was, I was drawn away. I was deceived. Not everybody that's leaving us is leaving us just because they want to taste the world. We've lost a lot of precious gems in the last several years, just just in chaotic, confusing moments, they just got they just got tricked. There's no two ways about it. They had too much of a, and I and I, it's it's not a dichotomy. Listen closely, I, please. I'm not contradicting myself. They had too much of a relationship with God. They were they were too close to Him. They there was too much intimacy that had there was fruit of intimacy there over the years. You're not going to tell me that they that they were just drawn that they, they they just wanted the world and just wanted to be rebellious. No, they were drawn away. He said, I was, on a, I was on a fast road, wrong road, going the wrong direction. My life was out of control. He said, I got behind the wheel of a car. 
I lost control of that car. My life was out of control, but I lost control of the vehicle that night. He ran that little Honda up underneath an 18-wheeler going 65, 70 miles an hour. Preacher, don't feel sorry for me. Well, Brother Marks, why, if it's coming, well, why would God ask you to preach this to me tonight if it's inevitable? You, I, and I don't feel like I'm being doubted. I feel like I'm, now I'm dealing with something. I got your attention. And I, well, well, that's the beauty of a service like this because the book of Job gives us insight. He will, he will use pain. He will, he will use sickness. He, he will, there's a variety of things that he will use. But the beauty of a service like this is God will send an intercessor. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. The car accident doesn't have to happen. If you're here tonight, come on, even if you're listening on Holy Ghost Radio, and I don't typically do this, and you know I don't address Radio Land very often, but you can fall on your face right now. Come on, in your front room. If you're in this house, you don't have to go through the car accident. You don't have to deal with the cancer. You don't have to be... If there's an intercessor, if there's, if there's an intercessor, that's all. I don't want one word, come on, that comes out of my mouth to fall to the ground. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing here tonight. Do you not think that I could have preached something more applicable to the majority? My God, yes, I know all the needs that are in this house. But God said there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. Would you be willing to leave the fold? Would you be willing? Come on, there's an intercessor here tonight. can't run you can't run fast enough and you can't hide good enough because what you don't understand is you're not your own I told you you weren't the devil's and I told you you weren't the world's and I told you you weren't Hollywood's and I told no no but there's one little thing I left out you're not yours either and that's what we forget sometimes it's not only we're not the world's, we're not our own. The breath you breathe, brother, you need to stop and think about tonight. Come on. You don't, you don't, when you get in bed, you don't reach over and plug a cord into the wall to recharge. Come on. You got to understand the frailty of life. This young mother, I don't know her, but this young mother out of, 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 of Ben, uh, what's his name's church out down around Houston area, it's just, it's gone all over the place. No one's seen that coming. Life is too frail. 22 years old. Well, why a service like this? I'll tell you why. Because God has preferences. And God would rather use me to help you here tonight than to use some of the other things that are at his access. 
Hey, listen, listen. Let me tell you. If I was given the opportunity, and I don't know much, I'm still very green and young, but it's going to be 37 in a couple of days. If I, if I was asked, tell me something to this point. I, at the top of the list would be what I'm fishing to tell you right now, okay? I've prayed in two different kinds of prayer rooms in my life. Two. And one is much easier than the other. I prayed in the ones that I initiated. By my own choice. I prayed in those. And those are much easier to pray in. Those are much easier to move around in. But I've prayed in another kind of prayer room too. And it's the ones that he's, by his means, that he's created for me. Those, those are tough. Those are tough. Those will leave marks. You'll walk with the limp of those the rest of your life. They will leave you with a limp. Well, I don't like being put in a corner like that. Sorry, I'm just doing my job. And if I'm not bringing people to a place of decision, I need to do something different. Well, I don't like the pressure on me right now. I'm going to tell you, you don't even know pressure. You don't know pressure. You don't even, you, you don't got, you don't even have a clue about pressure. I'm telling you just like that, your world can go whoop. And it's coming. You mark my words. I'll come see you. If you don't, if you don't take, if you don't take the way of the intercessor tonight, I'll come see you. I'll come see you. Because that's how serious I am. And I want you to understand that's how serious God is about the investment. It's what about this and what about this? No, no, no. When it, when is it going to become what about God? What you want, what you feel, and what you why. No, 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 no. What's happened to you and what's running? No, no. What about what? One of the strongest things I ever felt God say through me was a backslider one time. We called him Running Bear. You remember old Tony Brown in the old Kima Church? It's his oldest boy. We called him Running Bear. Right? He's telling me. And I looked at him. We were standing out in the cold, freezing cold, working on a pipeline. And I spun on my heels and I looked at him and I said, you know what? Hell's going to be a hot place for people like you. And I said, because I think that you're going to be held accountable for not just your soul. I think you're going to be held accountable for every person God intended for you to reach. Who much is given. You got too much in you. Too much. Too much. Too too much. Too much. God has spent 
he spent too much. He, he just, he didn't cut any corners when it came to your anointing. None. Zero. He gave you, he gave you what some guys trying would give their right arm to have half of. No, I'm going to say it again. He gave you what you're wasting and squandering. He gave you what some guys that are trying would give their right arm to have. For what? For what? Rich? Rich? How's that working out? Fame? How's that unfolding? I thought you was happy I'd leave you alone, but you're not sleeping at night. You're not sleeping at night. I've heard, I've heard too many of the stories. I know what happens. I, I've never been back, Sid, but I've, I've interviewed enough of them. I know what happens. I know what happens. Waking up in the middle of the night screaming. Running bare. His friends, he had a half, or a stepbrother told me, said, we don't, we don't, go, we don't go drink with Matt. He said, because when Matt gets drunk, he quotes scriptures because he was an old Bible quizzer. He said, that dude will get up on a bar stool and start quoting scripture, drunk as Cooter Brown. You got too much in you. There's a shift. It's not just about you being saved. There's a shift in the spirit. And, and there's, it's a, we're in a transitional period, and, and there's, it's like, it's like there's batons supposed to be being passed down, and the guy that's supposed to be there to take it is, he's not there. And so God's got to do a quick work, not to just get you. Let me tell you something about the life. The, the tragedy to me, why does everything have to be about hell? The tragedy to me about the prodigal, it's not that he's lost in the sense of his soul. The greatest tragedy is that he's lost in his relationship with his father. Why does everything have to be about hell? He is not in his rightful position, orchestrating, organizing, and fulfilling the responsibilities of a son in his father's house. That's the greatest tragedy. I know you didn't come here for this tonight. I know that. Well, guess what? I didn't plan this either. But here we are. And I can't tell you how disturbing it is to know that I could be the only thing standing between somebody and absolutely all hell, or better yet, all heaven breaking loose. You can do it your way. 
or you can do it his. But you're not your own. Stolen. You're not on loan. You were stolen. You are stolen property. And Jesus is not very happy with those that possess you. And the things that possess you that do not have rightful ownership, you are his. You can get home from there. You can make it home from there. There's been those that have already paved the road. They're, they're, they're here tonight. They've, you, they've proven if you, if you want to bad enough, you, you can get home from there. Have the thoughts stopped? Have the feelings stopped? Whatever you're doing, whatever you're distracted with, you, you think that's just inspiration you feel? You pick a pen up, you pick an instrument up, you, that feeling, you, you think that's just, what do you, you think that's? I've had a lot of restless. Brother Bo knows what I'm talking about. He traveled many years. I spent a lot of restless nights and a lot of restless Sunday afternoons <laughs> after services like this. Man, because you want people to move so bad. You're on his mind. You're on his mind. Let's pray. I'm finished. Let's pray. I need intercessors. We've preached about or we've lectured apostolic theology. Intercessors. Travail. That's that's part of our culture. It's who we are. I need somebody to help me pray. I need somebody to help me pray. That's pretty good, but I wonder what would happen. Come on, if we'd take it up another notch. Are there any travailers in the house? Does anybody know how to travail? Anybody know how to intercede? 
Anybody know how to talk to God? Come on. Come on, do you know how to pray? Do you know how to pray? Do I have to tell you the altar's open? Do I really need to give you an invitation? Are you cold? Have you drifted? Have you been thrown away? He's reaching for you. They're coming. They're coming out of the pews. He's reaching for you. He's drawing you back. He sent you the voice of an intercessor tonight. He sent you a warning. This is nothing new to you. God's already been dealing with you. This is just a confirmation. That's what this is. God's just confirming to you that the things that you've been feeling and seeing and dreaming, it's a season in which God is stretching. He's reaching. He's dealing. He's a stretching God. I need somebody to help me pray on this Friday night. Apostolic power. Apostolic demonstration. Apostolic restoration. Apostolic forgiveness. Apostolic mercy. If I sang about your mercy.